Hey everybody, just a quick word up top. If this is your first smorgasbordy, first time listening to the end of the year uh, best of TV listening here at the Televerse, uh, we are going to spoil stuff. We're going to talk about a bunch of TV that we watched this year and we don't hold back on spoilers. We're talking about our favorite moments. We're talking about the finales that worked for us and the ones that didn't and most memorable moments and the least <laughs> memorable and all sorts of other stuff. So we definitely drop big, like just casually in conversation, big spoilers for Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Stargirl. Um, those come right to mind. But we also do a lot of later season talk about i don't know mandalorian comes to mind uh certainly you know the shows that were high in our best of the year list so uh you know what we do in the shadows i may destroy you uh we don't get into specifics on those but if there's any shows that you are worried that you want to be able to finish watching before you before you hear anything about them maybe hold off on this one save it till after you get caught up on your favorite show, and then come back and listen. Okay, with the spoiler alert out of the way, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Owen Kate, likes to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, let's the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. And Noel, as uh, well as early listeners, as people who are listening on the day of, uh, will know it is Christmas Day. So uh, Merry Christmas to all of those listening who observe or who enjoy Christmas. And if it's, Christmas is not your thing or you do not observe, then eh, happy day. That is also a Friday. And you are getting our end of the year list. Are you excited for the end of the year and the listening the listening always brings back such like weight and terror every year um, of realizing, no, every year you say you're going to be better about it. Every year you're going to keep up with it. You, you're so much better about it than I am, though. Um, and then I get to best monologue or best montage and I go, I definitely had something for that three months ago, but I didn't write it down. So I don't remember what it is. And I can't remember what it is because it is, Dece it is December 23rd. And I just don't remember anything from before September. Hey, <laughs> September is pretty good. If you remember things from September, like in this, our year of COVID and our year of everything 2020, then that's pretty darn good. I got to say. Yeah. yeah. This year, like. It's been a weird year for a lot of people, right? This year is like remembering back is always a bit of like a what was that, you know, kind of a thing. But usually yeah. there's more structure to the viewing kind of season, mm -hmm. like the different seasons, right? Um, which helps me kind of organize my like as I'm re recalling back on the things that I watched and what did I really connect with and what are the things that I still remember. I actually, personally, I think obviously I always am ambitious about that. Like I'm going to keep track this year. I'm going to have a spreadsheet going and I'm going to like, as like every like month, I'm going to check in and think about it and put answers. And then I never do, of course. Yeah. Um, and so I, I actually think it's not just to excuse my lack of, you know, organization. I do think there is a, some merit in what do you still remember at the end of the year? 
you know, what has stuck with you enough that it was in February, but you still remember it now. Um, though that, that does, uh, like one of the most entertaining parts of this and one of the most fun parts for me is that little like moment that people have probably forgotten about it because it was so long ago, but it was really good. And as soon as you say it, you know, the mm-hmm. person's like, yes, that, yes. oh, it was awesome. Right. So I do enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's some going to be some of that, uh, but that also, uh, I mean, it's just it's a bit of a fuzzy year. I've I've since I've long since given up making myself feel bad about like I think if I if, if just give me a, an extension, teacher, just give me another few days, and I'll I'll have like the most comprehensive list ever, and I'll get to rewatch things, and like there's no such thing as a perfect list. Lists are how we feel about things in the day, in the moment, um, and our opinions keep changing on them uh so i i enjoy these so much but also you're right when i know i haven't done my legwork like the way that i would want to i always <laughs> feel stressed about them too so it's a pro and a con but i think mostly we're gonna have fun today i think so too and i look forward to that moment because this happens a lot um of wait I forgot that thing. And then you remember it. And I'm very happy. Um, This year, listeners, uh, a tradition is broken, however, and I'm very excited about it. Mm -hmm. Of I never have a sixth man. Never. (laughs) Never do I have a sixth man. This year I have one. This year Kate doesn't. I know. It's it's Kate's Christmas gift to me, listeners. There you go. (laughs) Well, see, because like the sixth man, I just always default to Mark Evan Jackson. And I was like, no, Kate, you're not doing that this year. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just gonna I'm oh, just gonna leave crap. the room now. Did I seriously just break that? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. just gonna leave the room now because he was in like ten things this year. <laughs> He's always in like ten things. That man doesn't know how to not work. More on this in a little bit. Um <laughs> Because he's amazing. He's always great. It's, it's just uh, very rude, Kate. Very rude. <laughs> well, the other one I usually have is Michaela Watkins Michaela Watkins, and she was only in like four or five things this year, which is what happens when you also are on a CBS sitcom. Um, uh-huh. It takes a lot more of your time. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I, I'm always casting around for that. And, I, you know, like there, like Mo Ryan, for example, has built a tradition of every year she tweets out about like, what is everybody's favorite lines from the year? And they hashtag it and you can like search it up and it's super fun, right? There yeah. isn't a way that I have found. Um, also, you know, we're not Mo Ryan, but there isn't a way I have found of hashtagging Six man, like who are those actors who are in all of the things? Have really good, like you know, people don't get the concepts of six, yeah. so it's hard to like crowdsource that one in a way that it is not hard to crowdsource. What was your favorite Baby Yoda gift this year? <laughs> sure. So you know, there's, it's gonna be fun. I, I'm very excited for it. I'm sorry that I've returned your Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's real rude. It's real it's rude. Real rude. So, but let, let, let's. Let's just head right into our first section here of the of the podcast as we count down. For those who are new, Noel, what is the smorgasbord? What is what is the listening? What are we going to be doing today? So we run down like it's a combination of like Emmys, Oscars, um, because TVs are TV shows are just movies, and movies are just TV shows. <laughs> and then we talk about like our favorite characters or favorite sequences of some kind. We get into like costuming. We get into things of uh, that we're just over this year because of 2020. Um, we're just done with those kinds of concepts. And then, you know, there's often a point in which I just make an inappropriate categorization of something. 
that I think fits really firmly into a category. Because um, that's happened a couple of times, and I've been very proud when those things happen. <laughs> I did not come up with any solid ones this year, but a couple. Hey, we still like, got some time. Uh, they're okay. Yeah, Maybe on the fly. We'll do it live. Yeah. The first set of categories here is going to be, and in some, most of these we're just going to have one pick for, but some we will have more than one. Yeah. Um, we're going to kick things off very traditionally with our performance awards. Um, so, so what what are your performance awards here at the end of 2020? And now this is calendar 2020, not like season 2020. Uh, who who got your nods for best performances uh, as a lead in a TV show? Yeah, so I've got like a handful here. Um, I've got Nicholas Holt for The Great. Um, I've got Harvey Gillian from What We Do in the Shadows. Um, Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant. Um, even though I didn't finish it, and it's also a show that I kind of rag on later. Um, Journey Smollett for Lovecraft Country. Um, McCullough Cole, obviously, uh, for I May Destroy You. And Anna Taylor-Joy uh, for The Queen's Gambit for yeah, my I- lead performances. I had, uh, I, I am Michaela Cole as well for I Want to Destroy mm-hmm. You. And I had Mike uh, Coulter for Evil. Mm. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then some of my, mine, I actually, well, one of yours, I had under supporting. Because what I, what I discovered as I was looking through my list of shows is mm-hmm. that on most of the shows, I felt like, well, the most prominent male performer on this show is this one. And they were really good. But to me, they feel more supporting to the female lead of the show right so yeah. that's why i put for best performance supporting nicholas holt in the great even though he's definitely the lead actor on that show for me his performance felt more supporting to Elle fanning who is also terrific of course so i put him under supporting i also put jay ferguson for briar patch and darcy carden on the good place yeah and i had uh matt barry for um what we do in the shadows in supporting as well as mariel heller from uh queen's gambit who's great and then i i am going to butcher her name and i meant to look it up before we discussed um uh Worsha opia uh who plays uh cole's best friend on i may destroy you um is fantastic um so i wanted to shout her out as well yeah terrific excellent choice see i don't have matt barry because i have him under our next category which is most acting ah for what now, we do in the shadows. Which which role? <laughs> all of the roles. But all of the roles. Is and, he doing and, the most acting as Jackie Daytona? Or <laughs> I think he he's doing well because he's doing the most acting as Laszlo as Jackie Daytona. I think is the okay. thing there. Um, but yeah, so most acting I have Matt Barry, and the wonderful thing about what we do in the shadows this season mm-hmm. is that that was perfect for the season. That's exactly right. what it needed. Uh, yeah. Who do you have for most acting? And do you have some for least acting? So I have two for most acting. I have Nicholas Holt, who is just acting everything mm-hmm. um, on the great. But um, and this is a little shady. It's just a little bit. But this is in part because this actor has not met a mid-Atlantic accent that she doesn't love. And that's Kate Blanchett in yeah, that's uh, good. Mrs. No, that's America. Good. She's doing a lot of acting in Mrs. It's America. It's very good acting. It's, it's just very good acting. There's just a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I, I don't like it, but it's good. I just I just back off just a little bit, please. Just a teeny tiny little bit. Um, but for least acting, I have Anna Taylor-Joy, but that's also kind of her thing is doing the least amount of acting, um, except in The New Mutants, where she does a lot of acting um, mm. and none of it particularly good. So maybe she should just stick to these reserved characters. She has a terrible Russian accent in New Mutants. It's real bad. 
Noted. So don't yeah. seek that one out. But do seek out Queen's Gambit is what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, for best voice voice acting here, I just cheated. And really, mm-hmm. I should we, maybe we should have a best or I should just put this on ensemble or best mm-hmm. voice acting ensemble because I just had everyone on Harley Quinn because <laughs> yeah. I like the the choices were so distinct and some of that's also of course casting yeah. casting department but like the choices that they were making for these characters felt they're very meta but they're also completely legit for the show in itself and also for um what they want to say about the characters in the context of the previous animated incarnations of them and then even if you if you don't know anything about these other incarnations of the character if you don't if you haven't seen um nolan's bane you can still really enjoy (laughs) bane on harley quinn so um that's what i did to kind of cheat my way through the voice acting category who did you have for best voice acting all right so i had mitsumi tamura who voices uh kanamori on keep your hands off hyzoken it's a beautiful mm-hmm. vocal performance. Um, but I also have perennial winner of this, AJ uh, Michaka, who voices um, Katra on Shira. This is the last year I get to give it to her um, mm-hmm. because she's so good on Shira. Like, it's just kind of ridiculous how good her Katra is. So, this is my last chance to give it to her for uh, Katra. So, I wanted to make sure to do it, even if I thought this season of Shira was a little middling. She was still really, really, really good. Yeah, no, definitely. Excellent choice. Um, best reality personality. I feel I feel very good about my answer here. So I've got three here. Um, okay. I've got Joe Tessitore and Rob Riggle from Holy Moly. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Um, and then I have Lottie from Bake Off because how is that not everyone's choice this year? But Lottie from Bake Off. She only bought two changes of clothes and then had to steal clothes from other people. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What were your choices for this? Oh, I only have one. And mm-hmm. my choice is Doug Matthews. Do you remember who Doug Matthews is? I don't. That's because he he's he's the he's the, the FBI agent from McMillions. Oh, that's so right? good. That's yeah. solid. I would not have thought about that, but that is an excellent, excellent choice. Yeah. Very much like my enjoyment of his like persona. Who knows how accurate it is? Yeah. Uh, or who knows how much that is him or how much of that is like just, you know, the combination of editing and just excitement of, you know, this story being told um, and, and putting it all together. But uh, that did a lot to carry me through an uneven season of McMillions. Um, then for most novel casting, this is actually not novel at all. This mm-hmm. is obvious casting, completely obvious casting. But I wouldn't have thought of it until I saw it and then said, yes, this is perfect, of course. And that's Leslie Jones hosting Supermarket Sweep. I, I think I misunderstood the question because I chose Timothy Elephant for The Mandalorian. I clearly Similar thing. Yeah. Perfect choice. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't have like, and of course he would be game for that. Right. But like, yeah. can you imagine them casting anyone but Timothy Elephant for that? No, you can't. Wouldn't it, have worked. Yeah. But I do agree with you that um, Jones is not who you would think to cast for a game show. And then it's the main reason you watch Supermarket Sweep. Like, it it's kind of the, the reason. only reason you should watch Supermarket Sweep. Um, yes. Is how delighted she is by everything. She is a great game show host. Yeah, she's terrific. Um, for ensemble, I have one comedy and one drama ensemble. Mm-hmm. There were, like, riches to choose from. There was a yes. lot of strong contenders this year who, who do you have for ensemble so for the best use i have the great as well as harley quinn and you've already enumerated the reasons for harley quinn and the great is just kind of a crackerjack cast um so that's those are my list for the best use of an ensemble they just exploit each of their actors talents superbly 
Mm-hmm. And I've got, um, for ensemble, I've got Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. Everybody's terrific. What a terrific ensemble there. And also Superstore. Because, okay. you know, only we yes. get so many more opportunities to spread the love. So That's true. Um, then for underrated ensemble, uh, I went with Hentified. Because again, good not enough people have seen yeah. it. And they're all so good. Yeah. Um, I've got Babysitter's Club on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Harley on here, though. That's kind of a shift at this point. Um, I also have Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist on here, um, mm-hmm. who their ensemble is really, really good. Um, even if sometimes their singing is not very, very good. The ensemble itself makes a lot of stuff that shouldn't work, work. Um, so that's a good sign of an underrated ensemble when you're giving them not the best material sometimes, but you get something really good because you hired really good people. Mm-hmm. The the unicorn also comes to mind with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, for cameo, I'm curious if we have the same cameo. Do you, who's your cameo? I chose Adam Driver from last week tonight. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. That's a very good choice. No. Oh, I wish I had thought of that. No, I did Cisco on Legends. Excellent. Also, also an excellent choice. That comes back later for me. But okay, more on that later. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, for guest, best guest appearance, I know I had other people that I wanted yeah. to put in this spot over yeah. the course of the year, mm-hmm. but at the end of the year, the one that came back to my mind that gave me the most joy mm-hmm. was when Captain Jack came back to Doctor Who. That's a very good um, choice. I mean, I picked Elephant for reasons we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also chose Mark Hamill popping up in What We Do in the Shadows, not The Mandalorian. Yeah. Because um, I have a lot of thoughts about that Mandalorian finale that Kate and I have not discussed yet. Yeah, more um, more in an episode or two on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I picked Mark Hamill because you, A, don't recognize that it's Mark Hamill initially, and B, once you do, the whole thing just goes to another level. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay, so now awkwardly, what's your sixth man award? It's Mark Evan Jackson, who was in the following shows. <laughs> he had he was in Brooklyn Nine Nine and Good Place Obs, um, mm-hmm. but he also did voice work for Ducktales, We Bear Bears, and Central Park and American Dad this year. Um, he had a quick episode on Dead to Me. Um, he's in the Babysitters Club, um, and he's also in United We Fall and The High Note. Neither of which I know what those are. <laughs> But, but he's definitely good in them because he's always good. Yeah. So, but I had him for Brooklyn Nine Nine, Good Place, We Bear Bears, Dead to Me, Ducktales, and The Babysitters Club, which is six shows that I watched this year that he was in. Um, but Kay took it away from me, so it doesn't count. I'm sorry. It doesn't I, count. Yeah. Well, though, because like there were like several years ago, it was, I had him as well, and that's when I noticed that like he just. He's always in so many things. He must, first of all, be a workaholic. And second of all, must be awesome to work with because everybody wants to work with him and they keep bringing him back. So, uh, yes, I think that is an excellent pick. And I have nothing to contribute to the, uh, to, to, to the six man, uh, or six woman award conversation this year. So we're going to head right into our next set of awards. Um, our next set of awards are the character awards. So, um, I, I now this first category, I feel feel very good with my choices, except that one of them is not necessarily new, but it's new to me this year. Okay, and and it's our podcast, so I don't care. So for best new characters, I have two. Okay. I'm curious if we have any overlap. I have Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona is an excellent choice, and I also have Danny the Street. Oh, new to you choice there. New yeah. to me. Yeah, because no. it was. 
Yeah. It was uh, other people had already seen Doom Patrol, but I watched Doom Patrol for the first time this year and I freaking love Danny the Street. So so that was my one of my best new characters. Who did you have? I wish I had like thought of Jack of Daytona as a distinct character because that would have made my list. But I went with uh, Kanamori from Keep Your Hands Off Izoken, who's Goat. Um, she was my choice for this, even though this show aired in like January. That's how much like she stuck in my brain was mm-hmm. this is the best character. This is the most I have ever loved a new character in so long. Um, so hands down, Kanamori. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about your villains? Our villain. I have, I have so a bunch many. of villains here. But yeah. Okay, good. I have four. Okay. I could have kept going. Do you want to, tr- how many do you have? I have, I have three serious answers and one fake answer. Okay. What, do you want to trade off? Sure. I feel like that might be more fun. So, yeah. okay. So I'll first want to go with a straightforward one, uh, which is, I think this, he was new this year. I should have double checked. Gravedigger. Um, yeah, that was this year. Black Lightning, which good, is Green Brady. Good choice. Yeah. I thought he was really compelling. And the way the show did the, the you know, what if Captain America was black? <laughs> and let, let's, let's trace how that experience would have been different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, but of course, Green Brady also brings a lot of really interesting energy, uh, terrific gravitas and weight to it, but also like some maybe more un- unanticipated uh, choices as an actor to it. That, so I really appreciated his performance. Yeah, that's a great choice. I wish I had remembered that because that is an excellent choice. Um, I picked uh, Agent Trout from the We Bear Bears movie because you can't radicalize the youths with bears without yes. a horrible, horrible human being voiced by Mark Evan Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrific choice. Yeah. Um, my other superhero pick is Cindy Berman. <laughs> Played by Meg DeLacy on Stargirl. So good. Oh. She's so she's so good. I wish I had picked that too. You picked really good choices. Um You also th- are picking excellent choices here. I picked the uh Mirror Realm agents from Infinity Train, Cracked Reflection, uh voiced respectively by Ben Mendelssohn and by Bradley Whitford. Um mm. they're horrible, uh, especially Agent Sieve, uh voiced by Mendelssohn. But yeah, those the those were they they were terrible. <laughs> yeah, no that, that that was another excellent choice. There were a mm-hmm. lot of really good villains this year. Uh, my next one is is slightly different, but I think also a very memorable villain for me, which is Tim, uh, TJ Tyne for from Hentified. Good, that's a good choice. I like that. Um, I picked the Mind Five from the Amazing Race. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is awesome. I love that. Yeah, they they've ruined the season. Therefore, they are villains. Um, well, certainly the, that's how the producers felt. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's how Phil felt. Um, <laughs> uh, so that, uh, do you have anything else? Yes, I have one more, which is okay. Nurse Linda Block, played by Tara Summers, from Evil. What a memorable, creepy villain. I've got that episode, like, a little later down. Um, my other villain is the pandemic. <laughs> okay, yeah. That yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I also have a, a bunch of choices here for best parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first pick here is, I, I, I'm, I'm going to just go through these. Um, we've got three more straightforward choices and then one more thematic choice. So my best parents here, he's not the best parent. He's not, but he's trying. And that's McRory on Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, then I have uh, Barbara and Pat, but specifically Barbara, Amy Smart on Stargirl. And, yeah. uh, and then Richard Spear, Mark Evan Jackson on Babysitter's Club. Okay. Really enjoyed his his uh, performance in that. Um, then the the last one I have, which I actually felt really good about it, was the queens from We're Here. They're mm. the drag moms. That's I thought a good they choice. were terrific. 
Yeah. yeah. So who did you have? Yeah, I only had one set of parents and I picked Barbara and Pat as well um, mm-hmm. from Stargirl because they are, in fact, fairly good parents. Pat is a little over his, out of his depth, but mm-hmm. he still tries real hard. Just no one cares about Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, real, real uh, blind spot for the show there. Um, for worst parents, I have two and I feel good about both of these choices. One of them okay. is Niles Calder from Doom Patrol. And one of them is Oz from The Great Pretender, because that's a bunch of bullshit. I am very much uh, with uh, um, Edamora when he's like, oh, so it was more important to do a decades-long, you know, sting than to tell your son that you weren't actually trafficking people. Okay. So. That's such a good choice, and I wish I thought of it, but that is an excellent choice. So, I yeah, just, I wanted to, wanted to throw those out there, because... I watched a lot of good parents this year, but also some not good parents. Uh, I didn't even bother with worst kids because there were so many good kids. I had to delete so many good kids. So I'll give I'll give my two individual choices. And then if you mm-hmm. have that, then go for yours. And then I'll list off the other ones that I yeah. wanted to do. Um, so Julie of Julie and the Phantoms mm-hmm. and Debbie from Never Have I Ever were two of my favorite oh, kids nice this year. Who did you have? I went with groups. Um, so I've got the Babysitter Club kids on here, which obvs. They're, mine. They're on mine too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I had the Keep Your Hands Off Izoken girls uh, because the mm-hmm. three of them are just a beautiful trinity that should never, ever be sullied or ruined because they're wonderful. Uh, what were the rest of your groups? The girls from Evil. And okay, the girls, great. Uh, or the, the, the kids from Better Things. Okay, good. Lots of, lots of terrific TV kids, lots of good kids right now. Yeah, lots, lots of good kids. kids. I also have a best pet, and this isn't actually a best pet, but, like, I mean, I had to include him. And that, of course, can you guess? I can't. Who is it? Gary Jr. Or Mark Zayas, Canine of Chaos. I've probably pronounced his name wrong. It's been too long. From Legends of Tomorrow. Because, like, you know, who, he, Gary's just really needs a comfort animal. Or, or, or a, mm-hmm. uh, a, why I forget what the term is. Anyways, he, he's he's trying. And then he, he thinks it's so much better with the rabbit it's better. It's better. But the more memorable for me is Gary Jr. That's great. Um, So we have deaths now. Yeah. There were some memorable ones. A lot of people died this year. A lot of people did. I went with two. Why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, so I've got like a bunch, but I've got uh, like a bunch of like mainly bad ones, but I do have a couple of good ones in here. Okay. Um, so I'll go with the good ones first. Um, I've got the Phantoms. <laughs> I didn't know they counted as on screen, but I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to count it. I'm counting it yeah, because we saw so them good. eat the bad hot dogs. Um, Enoch on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yep. Henry from Stargirl. Yep, those are my um, two, Enoch and Henry, yeah. Yeah, um, and then I've got a bunch of on screen deaths that made me really angry. Um, but I want to hear can, your... Can I guess one of them? Yeah, you can. I only have one. And it's okay. Oliver dying again. It is Oliver dying again. <laughs> Oliver dying the first time, terrific. Oliver dying yes. again, dumb. Yeah, it sucked. Um, I also left Alma on Queen's Gambit. That is great. Really beautiful. Um, so Oliver was one of my bad ones. Um, and then I had Uncle George in Lovecraft Country, but mainly because ah. we lost Courtney B. Vance in the process, and I was not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kenny on Killing Eve, because that was some bullshit. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and Agent Eve on, uh, uh, Infinity Train, because that death was horrifying. 
just yeah. horrifying. <laughs> what about you? What were some of your deaths? Aside from Oliver dying the oh, second no, time. It was just Oliver dying, it was just the, Oliver second dying time. the second time. That's like nothing else held the candle to that for me. That was like yeah, I was like, well, this obviously this category goes to Oliver dying again. I can't even be pissed off about like uh Felicity, I guess, dying when she goes through the portal, uh-huh. which is also terrible and stupid and uh, anyways complicated and not actually not that complicated frustrated emotions about that but let's move on i've got uh, i had a hard time with badasses because there were a lot of them so i'm just gonna list several and we'll go right on from there um the ones that came to mind they're all women um okay. and they all kick different kinds of ass so i have marianne batwoman total okay, badass great. uh letty lewis journey smollett's character of course on lovecraft country mary's played by nicole kang uh then uh i have joe from emergence allison tolman uh, who I very much enjoy. And then my last one is Michelle McNamara and all the various citizen detectives that helped maintain interest in catching the Golden State Killer. Um, of course, uh, uh, I'll Be There in the Dark uh, is uh, w- was the docuseries that like kind of explored some of that. So the, the various detectives, but also the citizen detectives who helped with that certainly came to mind for me for badasses this year. Um, then I had, for, I had a couple characters that I wanted more of this year. I'm curious how you feel about them. Um, more on this next week, but uh, Dr. Ruth from Dr. Who, the Joe Martin doctor. Um, look, I, yeah, I really liked choice. her first appearance. And then her second appearance, I was like, okay, you're still great. I think this is a really dumb choice on the writer's parts, but you're great. <laughs> and then the other one is more about my fears for next year, which is Grogu. I, I want, mm. I want more Grogu. I don't want there to be less Grogu. I think I, you're going to have to deal with less Grogu. I know, I know. I'm not happy about it. Um, and then for actor that we want more of, mine is actually a, a reality TV thing. Okay. I also want more of this performer just as an actor. But mm-hmm. specifically, Dominique Jackson needs to come back to Legendary because she needs to like guest judge at least once every season. She was a mm-hmm. fantastic guest judge. For me, really elevated the whole judging procedure on Legendary in her episode and was made for some excellent TV. So, yes, I would like more Dominique Jackson just in general on my TV, but specifically, mm-hmm. I need her to return to Legendary to guest judge. Yeah. Who did you have for an actor that you want more of? I need much more of uh, Sasha Dewan, who had a, just a banger yeah. year this year um, yeah. between Doctor Who and The Great, um, but both really distinct performances. But I need more of him, like, all the time right now. Um, Just all the time. Um, There's also a performer that I want a lot of uh, that you're going to get introduced to um, on Monday when we discuss Jingle Jangle. um, (laughs) That I need much more of this particular performer. But more on that if you check in streaming in place on Monday. Ah, look at that plug. It's like almost like you've been doing this a long time. Yep, almost. You're very good at that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm terrible at that. And I've also been doing this for a long time. Uh, but yes, looking forward to that. That will wrap up our character awards. Now we'll take a break and listen to some music from TV this year, some original songs that popped up in some of our favorite shows. And we'll be right back with our next set of awards. Now although the smoke has cleared, even though you've disappeared, the fire's still hot, feel you feel my back. It's a ray that I obsess, but this is one time I confess that I cannot get you out of my
Next up, we have our production awards. So first up is Notable Direction, Comedy, and Drama. Which would you like to do first? Uh, no, we can just do comedy um, because it's a very obvious answer. And I don't have like a distinct, like, I pick shows for this. Um, so I pick what we do in the shadows. If you want me to pick an episode, like, I don't know which one to pick is the problem. They're, they're all good. No, I also They're have all well-directed. Yeah, it was the first um, one I thought of. Yeah. Um, and then I made assure you is also just immaculately directed. Um, kind of splitting the difference between both of these would be better things. Um, Pamela Adlin, as you and I both noted last week, just continues to do great direction in both of these areas mm-hmm. in one show. Yeah. No, I have uh, What We Do in the Shadows and Better Things. Uh, I also have The Good Place. I thought they really nailed mm-hmm. their last run of episodes. And then for drama, I also have I May Destroy You. And I have Evil, which is another show that I always think of the direction when I think of it. Yeah, um, that's a good so, choice. Yeah, that came to mind. For cinematography, and this is uh, not good enough still at the exact meaning of cinematography, but I just went with Briar Patch because it's always... No, great choice. It's, it's so stylish, and it, the, the lighting and the, the angle choices, which is direction, I know, but like the way the things are composed in the frame and the way that that is lit, and it just was very striking and one that really stuck with me at the end of the year. How about you? Yeah, so I had Briar Patch on this as well, and I think your choice, like, yeah, some of that is direction, but a lot of that is also just the director of photography working mm-hmm. with the director and making suggestions. So it's a little slippery to know sometimes, but I think Briar Patch is still a really good choice. Um, I also had Queen's Gambit on here. Um, the cinematography on that is really solid. Um, and I also had the final season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars in general. I'm also cheating a little bit because it's technically storyboarding and not cinematography, but it's the same thing in terms of animation. Um, yeah, that so counts. it counts for me. Um, <laughs> so, but I wanted to like really highlight a lot of what they were doing here. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, those are my cinematography picks. Um, for costuming, I have three shows and I have one sure. costume separate. Okay. So for my shows, I have The Great, because obviously. It's the most costume. It's the most (laughs) costume. I also have Schitt's Creek, and specifically Mm -hmm. Moira's Wedding wedding Ensemble, which I know was controversial for you, but I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. And I also have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for their time Mm. hopping, and the fun they had with that. And then my my other one is just that finale look. Jujube, slaying the house down. On Drag Race All-Stars. I mean, nice. just like, excellent, oh, so good. Uh, who did you have for best costuming? So I had the great as well. Um, and I have listeners, you can just kind of slot in Queen's Gambit for the like the next five categories because it kind of applies to all of them. Uh, I think the show is really well made. Um, so Queen's Gambit. Um, I also have Hentified, which I think also does really great costuming. Yeah. Um, especially for different types of people in different stages and different spots in their lives. And I think the costuming is really good. And I also think that the Mandalorian's costuming is pretty solid, even though we get like less of it, I feel like, than we did last year. But I do really like some of the choices that they make, particularly in the town uh, where we meet Ahsoka. There's a lot of like, I think, really distinct choices being made there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, what about best set design? So Mandalorian gets like a nod for this, even though their set design is technically just a series of television screens that they're acting in front of, that it's creating everything that they're around, uh, which is just fascinating. 
Um, but the great, obviously, but also they're just borrowing stuff. <laughs> um, but Queen's Gambit also, you could tell when they were reusing the same set sometimes. <laughs> but the fact that they meant that they did that, I think actually worked really well. But also they did a really great job with the house specifically in Queen's Gambit that became sort of like a low key supporting character for the show, particularly in the back half of the run. Um, and that was really good set design from them. Uh, what about you? Well, I have Mrs. America, which I thought was, they okay, really captured great. some of those Good different choice. spaces. And then yeah. I also have, I mean, I didn't really care for the show, but um, the lock and key house, I think they did a good job oh, with it. excellent. Yeah. So, like, those keys were cool. And the various doors and, like, the, ho- the house was appropriately creepy. It's, like, it's a little paint by numbers. It's exactly, exactly what you expect. But they captured mm-hmm. what they needed to, I think, with the, yeah. the house. So, lock and key. Um, how about best hair? Uh, so for best hair, it's the most hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so Queen's Drag Gambit and the great and Drag Race. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. it's those three shows. <laughs> um, I also, you? I have, I, I second all those. I think they're excellent choices. I also, of course, have Schitt's Creek with um, the, the again, the, the wigs for um, the wedding. Also, when I talk about Schitt's Creek with costume, I cannot not mention Alexis's pink gown and her fabulous like wavy hair for her last dinner with ted um which is one of the like the looks of the year for me that really stuck with me um for costuming and hair um i also the we've been talking about this recently so this may be recency bias but flight attendant i think they've really nailed the hair over the course of you know as like a narrative storytelling thing which i was trying to like i was scanning my shows like which which one used it as a storytelling thing and at least recently the flight attendant did a really good job with it um for for makeup i went predictable but still earned and justified with uh, uh, Drag Race. And yes. we're here because yeah. the makeup they no. do is amazing. And they're really right. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Drag Race was on mine. Um, not All-Stars, everyone. Let's be really clear that we're not talking about Drag Race All-Stars. Uh, <laughs> but no, we're talking, yeah. Um, but also the Mandalorian's makeup was pretty solid this year mm-hmm. as well. Um, so yeah. Queen's Gambit makeup was also really good, but. So who gets your best editing award? So I gave this to uh, Keep Your Hands Off Izoken, uh, which, spoiler alert, they also win the next thing, most inventive animation. Um, but it's a really crackerjack edited show um, because you have to slip slide between a lot of different styles. Representations of it, of animation. I won't say styles of animation. I will say representations of animation. Um, and the ways in which that they make that so seamless is really, really impressive and speaks to how much care they put into doing their cuts and their, also their storyboarding. So. Yeah. What about you? Um, for me, I'm going to give a nod to Doom Patrol for the way that they have okay. h- handled like the underground and like all the editing. And okay. like when you have, obviously they use various actors to play the different personalities of Jane, um, like her different personas and everything. But there was quite a bit of acting against yourself with, with that character. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they did a really good job of making that feel pretty seamless and, and organic. So some of that is uh, editing. Some of that is just trickery, <laughs> but um, yes. the way it's shot. But editing is trickery. Like yeah. it's a type of trickery. So you're fine on that. So side. I wanted to give a shout out to them um, for inventive animation. I mean, I, this is one where I defer to you, but I, I figured yeah. I should at least shout out Gary Haji and infinity yes. train for this. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, Gary Haji's um, little animated recaps are beautiful and really well executed. Um, Izokin's just presentation and love of animation makes it really inventive. Um, 
And so there was no other choice for me. I mean, I could like mention a couple of other things, but like I just kept going back to Izokin and animation and you can't think of one without the other right now for me anyway. Yeah, that's great. That's a great. I mean, I assume you are correct when I have seen the show. I'm going to make you watch this real soon. (laughs) (laughs) Then, Then I will be able to agree with you on that. Now it's time for our music awards. And what uh, what do you have for credit sequences, new credit sequences, and either best or catchiest theme songs? All right. So um, the flight attendant opening sequence is just great. I love yeah, it so much. I have that one too. Yeah. Um, but Keep Your Hands Off by Zoken has a wonderful credit sequence and then a really, really good theme song that will be stuck in your head <laughs> forever. Um, so that that's my catchiest theme song. Um, but Flight Attendant and Keep Your Hands Off as Oaken just have beautiful like opening sequences as well. What about yeah, you? the one that the new one that was stuck in my head the most was was the Flight Attendant, and that, I'm sure that's be recency bias as well. But yeah, um, but yeah, there was I watched some new shows, but it was a lot of returning shows for me this year. So there are fewer to choose from, and that's definitely the one that stuck, that stuck out to me. How about uh, best score? Because for me, again, I mean, recency bias is probably part of this, but I really love the Mandalorian score. Like, I know it's an easy pick, but it's really, it's good. No, that's my pick as well. Uh, I actually think that the Mandalorian is one of the best scored shows on TV right now. Yeah. Um, even if a lot of the time all he's doing is different reprises of the main theme. But the ways in which, um, and I forget the composer's name, he's Norwegian, I'm pretty sure, um, is that he manages to make each of those um, reprises feel really distinct and purposeful, which I can't get over how he is able to just keep reusing that theme, but in different ways. But it's also like, by far and away, my favorite thing about the show is the (laughs) score. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's the Mandal. I think the Mandalorian won it last year too for me, but it's still winning it this year. Yeah. What about uh, best soundtrack? So which shows, which show or shows? I have a few have the best mm-hmm. like pop music or other non originally composed music. Yeah. So um, like Zoe's extraordinary playlist uses a lot of pop songs, obviously because it's a jukebox mus- musical, and they use most of them pretty well. Um, so that for me is a really, really good choice. Um, so that's what I'm going to stick with. Uh, yeah. but please tell me some of your choices. Well, the flight attendant has been yeah. just so funny and really well done, well used. I'll also go to Stumptown as a really oh, reliable Stumptown. show. Stumptown. Excellent choice. Yes. Excellent oh, choices Stumptown. for their music over on Stumptown. Um, what about, uh, and I wasn't sure where to put this, so I decided to put it under best original song. And that's just mm-hmm. all the songs from Julian the Phantoms. They are so much better than they need to be. <laughs> they are. That's a really good choice. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but yes, all the songs for Julian the Phantoms are kind of like just perfect for what they are. Yeah. Um, that's a really great choice. There's Adventure Time, obviously, and we get the, the our new song for Marceline. There's Steven Universe Future, obviously, and that was just such a effective, beautiful, but also disturbing song. Like, there was a lot of really good original music, but this is where I was like, I need to give Julian the Phantom some more love. It's going here. <laughs> um, so uh, for best musical moment, that's the last one we have here. And uh, again, I know it's not for you, but I loved it. That's Shit's Creek and Always Be My Baby, which is such a beautiful way to call back uh, Patrick's, uh, Patrick and um, David's relationship and like their, their the role of music in their courtship over their uh, time together. And I thought that was a really lovely 
beautiful moment. No Reed, who plays uh, Patrick, of course, is a musician, um, but still, like, I can't <laughs> can't imagine having to do that scene to acapella Mariah Carey <laughs> um, in the middle of that emotional scene like that, and just be like, yeah, just you know. Just uh, go ahead, acapella, some uh, Mariah Carey in the middle of this big uh, wedding scene. Uh, emotional highlight of the whole series, you know, for your character. One of his biggest moments. Just, you know, just throw a little Mariah for us. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it was definitely one of my most memorable moments for the year. So it was definitely going to be my pick. So now we'll head into our sequence awards, which uh, we're going to kick things off with best stunts uh and here like there are you don't you don't have one for this um because he's more discerning than i am listeners um and because i just i just go to like all of the cw shows and they're not all that good i just that's the thing it's like sometimes they are like sometimes they are sometimes they are there were a couple good ones with arrow like there were some warehouse fights that were pretty good um but for me it was it was much more um like the shows that have the great sense are shows like Warrior that I'm not watching or shows I'm behind on. So I just, for this one, I went with some of the battles we got in Lovecraft Country, some of the, the mm-hmm. big fights we got, um, like the like the Thong Song <laughs> fight in Legends of Tomorrow. There was That's some really my fun, fight scene, yes. That's your fight scene? Yeah. yeah. There were yeah. some other really, really fun ones like that. Um, so... That's what I went with for for best stunts and and fights. Uh, For action set piece, I kind of cheated on this one. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. What do you have for this? So I have a Sakan Maul's um, duel uh, at the end of the Clone Wars. Um, This also could like slide into fight scene, but it's like multiple like stages. Plus it's intercut with like larger war, uh, like war battle type stuff. Um, The entire sequence I think is really the entire set piece I think is really, really great. But that fight is particularly the first bit of it where it looks almost like live action because of, they actually like did a lot of mocap work to get it just right for the animation um, is some of the smoothest animation combat I've seen, um, especially from that show. Um, But it was just really, really wild. And they did a lot of really great like work also putting that together in the stages that it was in. So that one's my action set piece this year. So that's an excellent choice. Um, my uh, my pick was the slow motion chase from the premiere of Lovecraft Country, which <laughs> good choice, good choice. It's like I don't know if that counts as an action set piece, but where else do I put it? Because it was yeah. terrifying and so well executed, incre- mm-hmm. like incredibly gripping. So that's what I have for that for standalone fight scene. I'm sure there were better ones this year, but I just like. I, I I'm okay. I'm okay being a fangirl about it. I really I really love that introduction of Ahsoka on on um on Mandalorian with like the mm-hmm. smoke and it was just such a great execute like such a great way to take this character that people familiar with her from the animated series have seen fight and very distinctly right. We know what her fighting style looks like. We know what like the animation style for Clone Wars was. And then to to put it in this context with the f- smoke and the fog and the lightsabers going in and out, the way it was, like the timing of it, the way it was put together, uh, it was really effective, I thought. So that is my standalone fight scene. That's that's a really great choice. Yeah, no, I picked the uh, uh, the Thon song from Thong, Thong song from Swan song. Yeah. yeah. You know from what? Legends. From Legends. From um, Legends. <laughs> because there was a shake weight involved as well. Um, and I don't. I don't know what else you could pick, even though yeah. your choice is very good. But it's just like there was a shake weight 
and mm-hmm. Cisco involved. Um, what about dream sequence? Do you have a dream sequence? Yeah, well, it's not really a dream sequence, but again, back to Legends Love, I, I didn't mm-hmm. know where else to put this. So I the the our scene of the two Zaris in oh. like the gem. I think that I thought, works. I thought it was really nice. I really liked that. I thought it was really effective. And what a you know, Tala Ash is always terrific. So, you know, way to go Tala Ash, but also just a good way to bring those characters together um, and to let them interact and to and bounce off of each other. So from concept and writing to performance and execution, <laughs> the good wife, we will never forget. Um, it, it, it was really well done. So, so that's what I put in under dream sequence. And how about dance sequence? She said, knowing the answer. I mean, I didn't watch anything, a lot of stuff with dancing this year, but uh, there was Giri Haji's just bizarre black and white art studio mm-hmm. dance sequence on top of a rooftop right before a shootout happens um, or doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, that number is just a weird, weird thing to plug into a cop procedural. Um, and it's really good. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, like there were plenty of musicals that I watched this year, like, but I feel like it's wrong to not give it to Giri Hashi. Because it's so ridiculous. And, like, we expect singing and dancing in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist or in Perfect Harmony. Like, we don't expect a ballet sequence in the middle of a, like, well, not hyper, but a rather violent, um, like, crime show. Um, So, yeah, Giri Hashi. Uh, What did you have for montage? Um, Recency bias, because there were a bunch of good montages this year, and I couldn't remember any of them. So I just went with The Flight Attendant, which has excellent montages. Um, that first date montage in Bangkok is great. Um, and then they just continue to fill it in, which is also really great. Um, so that is my choice for this. But there were a number of really good montages this year. I don't remember any of them. So do you remember any of them? I also put the flight attendant um, because of recency bias. Uh, there were so there were a bunch of really good ones this year, like you said. Yeah. I know that there were. So listeners, let us know what we are forgetting in our sequence here. Like, like even just like some of the stuff we got with in Adventure Time, Distant Lands, like the flashbacks. I mean, how much does montage? How much does flashback for Marcy when she was little? But like, but with the flight attendant, the other thing I'll say besides recency bias is that it does a lot of heavy lifting. We have mm-hmm. to be very invested in that relationship, and, and very quickly. And they earn it through the performances, but also through the editing and getting us on board with just like the feelings and emotions that Cassie is having tied to this event um, and to this, this date, this evening. So, yeah. So I feel, I feel okay. I, I like, I feel a little like, is this just recency bias, but also like, it's legit. It's, it's a good sequence. Um, next we have our writing awards. And uh, first we have writing for a comedy series and I'm just, I'm just going to be boring. And yeah, I'm going to say what we do in the shadows, but I will also say, Amber Ruffin show because the writing mm, for those songs mm-hmm. has been very good. They aren't all amazing, but yeah. in general, the writing and the performance of the, the songs has been high, a high level, high caliber. Um, and I'm picky about my comedic songs. So I wanted to give them some love as well. Uh, what did you have? Uh, so I also had what we do in the shadows, but I don't feel like this is a boring choice because any show that makes legitimate comedic hay out of an email chain letter in the year of our in the year of our Lord twenty twenty, I just I, I don't know how you cannot acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's what we do it's, in the shadows. It's, it's My answer for drama well. series is also very boring. Did you also have like 
I will destroy you because, or I may destroy you because that's what I had. I was like, there were other ones, but I'm just going to be born. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, no, it was the best written drama series this year. It it just was. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, next up is best monologue. Um, and the one I have here, it's not really a monologue. It's more of a scene, but, uh, but I'm going to count it because it's all down to performance. And that is Hugh Laurie on Avenue five, the reveal with the accent. Um, what? I didn't watch any of Avenue five. So this is great. Oh, do you, do you know what this is? I don't even know what this is. Oh, okay. No, it's amazing. So you're watching Avenue 5 and Hugh Laurie is playing the captain of the interstellar, you know. He's going with a very American thing and like very trustworthy, all those things. And then like partway through, like what is it? I don't even remember. Like second episode, maybe? Third episode? Like in the first episode, you're like, oh, his accent is a little dodgy. It's like, huh. And then partway through, you realize, oh, that's because he, the character is an actor who's actually British who's been hired to pretend to be the captain um, and and, and he's actually a drunk. Um, and there's a different captain who's like running the ship, who who lives like, un, who's like a crew, in, skeleton crew inside the floorboards. The real captain um, didn't want to have to deal with people. So he just mm-hmm. hired Hugh Laurie to be the captain. Uh, and okay. so, and so like, there's just like this scene where as like everything crumbles around their mission, right. Where they're going to go mm-hmm. off on this cruise or whatever. And, and he's getting hit with this information. Other, like he starts to let, the, like they'll let the accent slip a little bit. And then the other people in the scene are like, wait, 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 what was that? What, what did you say? Oh, it's not, it's nothing. It's nothing. And then like, no, you just said, like, I don't remember what it was. It was like, you just said crikey. Like, what, what has happened? And then, like, and then it, you re- that's when the, all of that is revealed. And it's a, it's a masterclass of performance. It's so, like, the, the shades between as Eulori goes from this, you know, house style, but very, like, cardboard cutout Captain mm-hmm. American accent to yeah. his actual accent. It's terrific. So, um, I had my issues with that series. It didn't yes, end up I working remember. for me, yeah. but. That was worth the price of admission, certainly of the first uh, episode or two, just just for that. Um, d- so do you have uh, best writing for a single episode? Because again, I'm boring. I just go with the I May Destroy You finale. And I go with we what we do in the shadows on the is on the run, right? The Jackie Daytona episode. It's very boring. Mm-hmm. But those are the two that are most in my mind at the end of the year. Yeah. So both of those, I think, are great choices. Um, and I've got another sort of thing for I May Destroy You in just a second, but I needed to, like, I, I re- even though they only aired, like, three or four episodes this year, I really want to acknowledge evil in some way. And I really wasn't doing that. But Room 320 aired this year. And I was just like, great, perfect. This is a terrific way to, for me to work in Room 320 somewhere. Uh, because you referenced the performance from uh, the woman who played the nurse in that episode. Tara Summers, yeah. Um, and that episode, though, is just beautifully written um it's also horrifying uh in the ways in which it doesn't have to be horrifying at all until it is um so room 320 for me is just a beautifully written episode it's also just this show arguably at its scariest um in a lot of different ways so room 320 is for me one of the best written episodes of this year but 
I do agree with both of your choices as well. I just needed to acknowledge evil somewhere, even though they only did like three episodes this I, year. I think it's a great pick. I think it's a terrific, yeah. terrific pick. Yeah. Um, our next category is best episode title, which doesn't have to mean best Legends of Tomorrow episode title, but it kinda, but it does. But it kind of does. So I'm curious if you have a pick for that. I mean, I know you've mentioned Romeo v. Juliet, uh, Dawn of Justice as mm-hmm. one of your favorites. I think I go to Zari, not Zari. Personally? Zari, not Zari. Is a, yes. Now, Zari, not Zari is a terrific, beautiful, and I have to say that because my partner thought of it the year before they did it. Um, but I mean, also... Slay Anything, also very good. Yeah. No, there's a there's a bunch of banger episode titles, um, and there will continue to be some because I've seen the some of the episode titles for next season, and some of them are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kate won't let me tell them to her, so I had to text friend of the show, Alison Shoemaker, about them. <laughs> Um, okay, best crafting of a season. Uh, for me, what came to mind immediately was uh, Infinity Train, book two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what mm-hmm. came to mind for you? I May Destroy You is immaculately structured. That's like, true, I yeah. can't, I kind of can't get over how really beautifully structured it is, especially when you get to the finale and how it really reconcept, re reorients everything that you've just seen in really subtle ways um but yeah no i may destroy you is by far and away i think the best crafted season of tv i watched this year admittedly in fits and starts <laughs> fair enough um that will yeah it, it just you can't you just can't binge it like yeah if i can't binge a show that tells you something um well uh th- that wraps up our awards for writing now we'll take a break listen to some more music and come back with our next set of awards
Next up, we have our season awards. So here we have, uh, um, or just like, as you look at the season as a whole, what stands out to you? Um, so this most spectacular burnout is too harsh of a thing. So maybe this belongs in disappointment, but I was so pumped. I was so amped for Lovecraft Country after the first episode or two. And mm-hmm. then there's some stuff that it did really, really well, but it just never, it just couldn't live up to what it established for me in the first couple episodes. So while it yeah. did so many things really, really well, and it made a lot of very interesting choices for me, it, it, it definitely burned out uh, by the end. Um, and th- that's contrasted with a show like um, we've mentioned a lot recently, but the flight attendant, the way that they paid off their finale, I thought worked really, really well. And I may destroy you that ending. And like, when you realize that the first thing you saw in the premiere was actually from the finale, like that's again, that's crafting of the season. But for me, that was also like your season long, like build, I thought was really, really well done. Yeah. It's even like a season long mystery to a certain extent as well. Yeah. Um, which is also really, really impressive. Again, I made sure you was just stupidly well made mm-hmm. on a writing level. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a best finale payoff? So I, I give it a lot of nonsense, but I do really enjoy large parts of the Good Place finale, parts of it anyway. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of parts where it's just like, oh, this is sad, but also just Mendoza, Jason Mendoza man just hanging out in the forest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a doofus. Um, the Arrow finale question mark is both good and bad. Mm-hmm. It's deeply frustrating, but also in that sense, it is the best possible finale for that show as a deeply frustrating <laughs> show. Um, even, but also, like, its final season was really good in 2019, and then the 2020 episodes, except for the backdoor pilot to the show we're apparently just never going to get, was very good, weren't all that good. Um, and then the Clone Wars finale payoff was just really great. How do you tell the story about the collapse of the of the um, Republic without doing the prequels. And it's Ahsoka and Maul in the background dealing with all this other stuff and just the looming of Anakin's collapse as a shadow. Um, And then just the ways in which it actually ends with finding evidence that maybe she's alive, all this sort of stuff. Um, That's really, really good. Um, So that wasn't quite as good as their actual season five series finale, mm-hmm. but it was still pretty good. Um, I'll give some love to Crisis on Infinite Earths, which ended strong mm. with their Legends of Tomorrow episode. I like that way conceptualization of a finale. Kudos. I like that a lot. Yeah, well, because the, the, there were some shows that actually got finales this year, but a bunch of them mm-hmm. didn't <laughs> because of COVID. Yeah, it's true. 
right? Yeah. So like like Harley Quinn had a really lovely end to the season and like last shot that that payoff worked out great. Um, but the I mean the shows that actually got to finish their season ahead of time had a much better time with this than the shows that were you know still filming in March. Um, so. You know, those those came to mind for me. Uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. What a lovely way to end that. Um, that really worked worked very well, I thought. And um, yeah, just the the buttons that we got for for those handfuls of shows that actually did that actually did like Legends that actually mm-hmm. finished filming earlier and then aired. So your animated shows, your Harley Quinns, your um, Infinity Train, even if I didn't love all of it. Um, those were the ones that came to mind for like a finale moment. Um, then did you have any underappreciated finales? Cause I definitely do because no one yeah. watches it and that's the last OG. <laughs> and like it ended like, it, it's not like a payoff. It's not like a season long thing. It's just like the, the way that that season ends, I am very scared for the characters um, and very curious and compelled about how are they going to, what's going to happen next season? What, like mm-hmm. what comes next? Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was, again, that was, this is another one that could have been for crafting of a season, the way that they structured the through line with Trey's uh, romance over the course of the season. And some of the things that you, cause you may get to it. So I'm just going to say vague. Yeah. Please don't spoil me about this. Cause I, I am going to watch it. I think, but yeah. yeah, it like, it just ends the season in a really, um, it was unexpected for me, but then also how, like, of course, of course, this is where we were headed. What, what next? Um, yeah. In a really, really, uh, a way that I thought was really effective um, and affecting. So uh, that's the other one that came to mind for me. Those are good. That's good. Uh, do You know what we don't have for, it's not overrated because nobody likes it, but <laughs> the Supergirl finale. Oh, I'm shocked. Oh, look what happened. In the end, Lena is going to team back up, right? Like, they may seriously go through a whole season to get to that. Like, I'm glad we got there, right? I don't even remember the Supergirl finale, which tells you everything you need to know. Everything you need to know. It tells, like, like, you know, you don't get credit for, like, artificially splitting up your best friends. The best friends that are such best friends that, like, well, and certainly only gal pals, of course. Just a couple of gals who are pals. But like that's like the central relationship for their hundredth episode. But you're like, yeah, we're uh, we're squabbling because of reasons. And then when you when you have them stop fighting, you don't get points for that. <laughs> you don't get points for a finale payoff if that's what you this that's how you got there. Um, that wraps up our season awards. Now we have our series awards. So, what was your best uh, new comedy this year that wasn't in your top twenty? Both of these, um, both for like comedy and drama are actually two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. um, because they are both about, sh- they're both shows that are about two people who refuse to say that they're in love with the other person. Um, so the comedic version of this is the anime Kaguya-sama Love is War, um, which had a very solid second season. It's not as good as its first, I think just in sheer wackiness, but it's very, very funny still. Um, but the dramatic version of this, the sad, overbearing weight of existence version of this is Hulu's normal people, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is also really, really good. I like actively really enjoy normal people and it has a number of really great performances in it. But both of them, I just kind of went, I don't, I, I like more shows more. 
than both of these, but these were on the short list. Um, so I'm, but they're also, I think thematically it just works together that I axed both of them because again, they're just different tones of the same concept. <laughs> yeah, no, I have, so, I, I have that one yeah. too. I, I also have that one. Um, and similarly, I have Never Have I Ever, which was a really good show. Just, it didn't like, I, I liked other shows more. And it doesn't really count as a new show, but Miracle Workers Dark Ages is, is the similar thing where it kind of rebooted the show. So it was kind of a new show, but not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- that one came to mind. The last one that also came to mind for me uh, was Betty um, as, oh, as a comedy, which nice is choice. one that I really enjoyed from this year. Um, next, we have the uh, Homework Award, the show that like it feels like homework, but you keep watching it. So yep. what get, show gets the Homework Award? Um, how to with John Wilson? Yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah. It's really good, but it felt yeah. like homework. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my... The, it was very difficult to splice this particular one between this and the Ringer Award. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference being, I still appreciated large elements of how to with John Wilson as opposed to the Ringer Award, which I felt bamboozled by. So <laughs> I did not feel bamboozled by how to with John Wilson. I I did not feel bamboozled uh, by my homework award, which was, uh, again, kind of a cheat, but we watched it this year. Doom Patrol. I had to work so hard for the beginning <laughs> of that first season to get over the hump. And then yeah, once sure. I did, I was very glad I had stuck with it. Mm-hmm. But the start of that show was so obnoxious. It re- oh, God. I know other people like it just fine. Friend of the show, Latoya Ferguson enjoys all the things that I find obnoxious about it. Um, so, you know, I'm probably an outlier here, but that was definitely what came to mind for me. It was just gritting through those early episodes so that I could end up actually really liking it. What about the Ringer Award? What's the show that you should have stopped watching, but for some yeah. reason you didn't? <laughs> so I stopped lo- watching Lovecraft Country and my partner and I will eventually get back to it because Lovecraft Country should have won this probably. But what ended up winning was The Vow. Mm-hmm. because i should have stopped yeah at at like halfway through probably should have cut the cord but i didn't i watched all of it and it was a mistake um especially after they already knew they were getting renewed it was definitely a mistake so the vow is god i really should have stopped watching that uh what about you yeah no i also i also have the vow uh, yeah. I, I didn't watch all of the Sinner season three and I actually considered it for a couple of the awards because uh, Chris Messina is really good in it. Um, and like some of the performances are, are terrific in that, but like I did, I did stop watching it. <laughs> um, so I, that's why, and, and I stopped when it was time for me to stop watching it. So I considered that one, but no, I mean, I got, we got to the end of the vow and I was just angry. <laughs> Right. The other one that was like that was uh, Tales from the Loop for me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but the vow was one because it's about actual people that that feels more glaring. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's the vow. Um, what about uh, our series of guys? Why aren't you watching? Yeah. Why are you watching Hentified? Please watch Hentified uh, whenever season. Please watch Hentified. It's on Netflix. Yeah. You can find it. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Hentified is what I feel like everyone should be watching um, because it's really good. Um, there were like other number of other like really great shows. I think new shows this year. Um, again, keep your hands off Isokin's really great. It's still on HBO Max. Please mm-hmm. go watch it. Um, but Hentified is, I think, perfect for anyone. Um, so I think that that's my choice here. Um, what about you? 
I yeah, I, I consider it hentified. I also have uh why aren't you watching Black Lightning? It's well it's really- too late now, Kate. <laughs> well it has it has one more season. Y'all can watch it in the in yeah. the fall. Um but the other one is like again, it's too late now. But why didn't you all watch Emergence? It was so fun. It was so Yeah. It sh- we should have had more of it. Um, more on that in a little bit. Um, for seriously, why aren't we watching? This is just for me. Okay. Keep my hands off Izokin. <laughs> Keep your hands off Izokin. I know, but like it's my hands need to be on. I, but... Keep your hands off okay, Izokin. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So that I couldn't come up with one for this one this year, um, which was frustrating. Um, because normally, like, there's a joke of like, oh, we should be watching Succession, and it's like we're never going to watch Succession. We're yeah. just not. We're just I'm not very okay with that um, at this point. Yeah, I'm okay with it as well. I couldn't come up with one this year. Um, that there wasn't like a big banger one that everyone was watching, and that you and I were just like, I don't get it. Mm. Fair enough. Um, what about our Gone but Not Forgotten? Because there are a lot of shows that we like that were yeah. canceled this year. So you mentioned Emergence. So Emergence right up there. Um, Stump Town got a. Mm-hmm. We had to stop stumping. In yeah. words of Latoya Ferguson. Um, Venture Brothers got canceled this year, which is heartbreaking. Um, Glow got yep. canceled after being renewed. After starting <laughs> filming. Yeah. Um, One Day at a Time isn't going to be able to finish its uh, last season, which is yep. horrible. Um, and I'm also s- sad, air quotes, about mm-hmm. Arrow. Like, yeah. just from a cultural imprint and impact level um arrows arrow cannot be overstated i feel like in its influence on popular culture it's particularly the cw's overall development as a network with over the past eight years um but yeah the again its last season was also very good right up until the point that it wasn't <laughs> but i am going to miss um arrow even though again i also stopped watching it <laughs> Um, what about you? What shows did I miss from this list that we're going to miss? Well, we're going to miss Steven Universe Future. We're going to mm-hmm. miss She Round the Princesses of Power. We're going to miss, miss Fresh Off the Boat. Um, oh, we which... are going to miss Fresh Off the Boat. I forgot that finished this year. Yeah, because oh, this season yeah. wasn't very good. But... Yeah, but we're still going to miss. We're still going to miss the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are. The, I mean, the the real ones are the ones that you know feel like they got cut down. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm going to miss the good place. Do I want more of the good place? No, it needed to end, yeah. but I will still miss miss it without wanting more of it. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the ones that you mentioned, are the ones that like sting still. Yes, but, sure. But but there were a lot of really good shows that that finished up their run this year. So that wraps up our series award. Next, we will have our moments. So our best moments of the year. First up, we have uh, well, trippiest scene. I just like again evil like room three twenty, yeah. which is not. Yeah. Like, it's both definitely trippy and also horrifyingly real, which is, yeah. like, how they bring those two together is what makes it so effective. Um, mm-hmm. And then my best WTF moment is also evil because it's the demon therapist from evil, which is, I mean, that was that was this year, right? Or was that at the end of last year? I honestly can't remember, which was one of the other problems I had with putting evil in anything is I couldn't remember when things happened. On what, that. Where the cutoff was. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That yeah. might have been like either Ray, the cutoff of when we recorded last year or after we recorded last year. I could be wrong. But if that was in 2020, that is definitely my best WTF moment. Um, what, what did you have? 
I just have one word for you, Kate. Bud. That was my what the fuck moment of the year was Bud. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you don't remember what Bud is, it's Jeffrey Epstein's penis in The Good Fight, cryogenically frozen below his castle in Xanadu. Um, because what the fuck show? What was what the? What? F- By the way, spoiler alert for most extraneous nudity. Yeah, yep. That's that's still that's still coming. Uh, yeah. Yep. Well, not in Bud's case because they didn't oh. get there in time. Oh. Oh, groan, groan. Well done. Sorry. Enjoy. Enjoy. I normally the- don't work blue, but you just set that up. Right. I, I did. I teed that right up for you. And after the Mark Evan Jackson thing, I deserve it. So, like, you know, like in- enjoy the I moment. Apologize. It's appropriate. No, it's 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 very good. Also, uh, like this maybe should have been the makeup award, but like the I think they absolutely nailed the reveal of of um dragon king when you actually see his face on yes. star girl that was like a ah. great choice great choice both yeah. makeup but also like a what the f- reveal type of deal absolutely great choice yeah um so next we have our dusty dusty him sad award um yeah. there were many contenders sure uh, what what did you go with um like i've really struggled to remember a couple mm-hmm. um and i did a really bad job of writing them down but I remember really struggling to get through Mitch's death on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, played by Peter Gallagher. Um, The course of that character's arc across that season, um, and more importantly, everyone's relationship with him, um, given that he's in sort of a locked-in syndrome sort of deal. Not quite a locked-in syndrome, but parallel to that. Um, Really plays up things when Gallagher gets to move around and sing to people. Um, and so his actual death, um, and the ways in which that they staged that I think is, was deeply affecting. And I remember it, which is like the reason why it's here. I do not recommend their weird rendition of, uh, American Pie across the funeral and the wake because it doesn't quite work. Um, it's a big swing though. It's a big swing. I haven't seen the episode. I've just listened to it because it was in mm-hmm. the the music for last episode. Um, yeah. So I think like my it worked really well in my head, but I I could only hear it not so much on screen. Vocally, it's great. Okay. Um, staging wise, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense, but vocally, it's really good. It's much better than making uh, Lauren German sing "The Boys Mine" opposite Renee uh, Goldsberry, which is an actual show thing the show made Lauren Lauren Graham do, which. It's very mean to Lauren Graham. That's that's not that's not nice. That's not a nice thing to do to someone. Why would you do yeah. that? What um, about you though? What what was Dusty Dusty make you sad? Well, like it's a combination of emotions. But for this, am I going to go with the sad character deaths? Am I going to go with the poignant, touching moments? No, I'm going to go with the Great British Bake Off and their end of of season montage. That like great choice. Like, pulls on the hearts like and i'm just like yes i'm emotional right now yes there's a lot going on in the world and we're all very stressed out and yes we all just need a bake-off hug right now but covid um so i the 2020 is doing the heavy lifting but damn it if bake-off didn't push me over the edge uh very manipulative it's exactly Mm -hmm. what they're trying to go for but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's bad natured or Ill- ill-tempered. It feels like a, like, don't you need a cathartic release of some emotions? Well, here, let's show you, a, let's show you the, uh, 
like the the newborn baby of one of the people, and then we'll show up the title card of the of the Bake Off person who died this year. In case you, in case like you weren't gotten by the essential worker who was in our cast, who's been working nights at the hospital. Like put them all together, give you a nice good old cry there at the end of the season of Bake Off. Normally, listeners, we would have a traumatizing moment and twists and reveals, but like I feel like we had enough twists and reveals and traumatizing moments just in the year of 2020. So we're going to go right on to Best Extraneous Sex and Nudity and your already revealed choice of Bud, which is an excellent pick. There's nothing more extraneous than a cryogenically frozen penis. I don't know what's going to top that. (laughs) Nothing is going to top that. It's not, it's not to be topped. So I will just I'm just going to leave that there. Um, now you do Which not- is what they did. <laughs> Which is what they did. Uh, Ola and Lily from Sex Education. I was very on board with them. Uh, once the season, like once the characters kind of figured out where the different romantic relationships were heading. Like I had my ups and downs with season two of Sex Education, but I was super on board <laughs> with, with Ola and Lily once it became clear that that's where that was heading. Um very, very much I ship it. Now, you do not have a shipping um, uh, choice. And that, no. again, feels wrong because we watched Emergence and we ship it hard, or at least I do. Some of us have not forgotten. Um, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is literally when you put Enver in any situation... You're gonna ship him with the other thing. Yeah. Like, it's just how it works. Even, even with Daisy on Agents of Shield this season, it's yeah. like, does this, does this, does this work? Does no. Does make any sense? Do I ship it though? Yes. Somehow. <laughs> because <do>. Enver. <laughs> yeah. But it's Enver and Alison Tolman, like, yeah, uh, yeah 100%. Yeah. Like, it's so very much, hot. I agree. It, yeah. It's very, very good. Well, which I think counters my least amount of chemistry this year, which okay. was Hugh Dancy and Audra McDonald on the <laughs> What was happening? I was like, you are two know. ridiculously attractive, ridiculously charismatic people. How is there nothing here? There's just nothing there. Um, which I think is a great counterpoint to Alison Tolman and Enver because it's just so much oodles and oodles of chemistry. Yeah. All of the chemistry. And like, like, like I know we'll do a sexy red light. That's not helping. It's not helping. What is happening no, right not. now? It's like, oh, we'll put them in the, the elevator because we know the kings can make elevators sexy. No. No, apparently no. they have lost Don't their magic. <sighs> um, what about your oxygen award for the show that made you laugh so hard that you stopped breathing? For, again, I, I'm being a broken record, but it's Jackie Daytona. <laughs> Those mean, girls have got to get to state. <laughs> there's Jackie Daytona, but I mean, for me, a lot of that was um, Colin's promotion was just... Mm-hmm. too funny for me mm-hmm. um in part because it was just such a great showcase for that character um and for that actor as well um but there's just so much good funny stuff in what we do in the shadows in that second season um again the aforementioned email chain letter of just how do you make that funny how how is that funny apparently it's ancient vampires who have never logged onto a computer before is how you make that funny and by golly they did it mm-hmm. i felt like almost every episode had at least one moment that was hilarious, but there, by the end, there was particular, like, there are these episodes just, like, every part of it just had me going, like, laughing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really ridiculous. Well, and that takes us to most ridiculous moment. I'm curious what you have for that, because uh, Noel, the butts are loose. The butts are loose. Uh, yeah, I had that on there, um, because, what the fuck? 
Um, did that air this year? Did that <laughs> that might have been was... last year. This is Doom Patrol. I don't know what part yeah. of Doom Patrol was this year. But yeah, I think it was last year, but last I'm still going to count it because okay. um, the butts are loose. Um, but I, I mean, how again, the gang discovers who kills Jeffrey Epstein. Like all of that episode is bad um, in ways that I love. Um, and just all of that is really, 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 really ridiculous. Um, so that that is the it's kind of the most ridiculous episode of TV I watched this year. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, it, it's just a thing that exists. Yeah. Um, what about your La 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 award for show you just like need to not have spoiled for you? Yeah. Um, so luckily it wasn't. Um, but and you ran into some of this being spoiled, but that was the flight attendant because I would have probably knifed someone if they had <laughs> spoiled that show for me. Um, because there I have so few pleasures, Kate. <laughs> so few pleasures. Um, but yeah, if someone had spoiled the flight attendant for me, I probably would have been okay, really, but I also might have knifed them. Um, what about you? Uh, I had the Mandalorian because uh, okay. I, I have low expectations for the Mandalorian. But I, th- I feel like the things that it does the best, that it is the most fun with, uh, are, like, which characters are coming back, or how are the performances turning out, or what, like, so, like, it, yeah, having some of those reveals kind of uh, spoiled for me, depending on whether I was able to watch it, right, you know, pretty quickly or not, really impacted how much certain episodes worked for me, so that's mm-hmm. the, like, it's not the show I care the most about, it's not the show that I least, I, that I'm most invested in, but it's the show that I found myself being like, I better make sure that I watch this, so. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I went with Mandalorian. Um, our, next, we have our very last set of categories, set of awards. We're at the end here. Uh, and we, we're not at a ridiculous runtime. I'm very confused no. by what's going on with us this year. But go, we go cut team. a lot of things this year. Well, <laughs> also, like, I'm saying that too soon. Yeah. We have a whole other set of categories. So let's yeah. carry on before I, I lose track of our time. First, we have best surprise. So what was the surprise of 2020 for you? I mean, all of it. Uh, <laughs> but the best surprise oh the best surprise yeah um harley quinn was mm-hmm. the best the most delightful surprise um that i could have gotten um especially considering it was a surprise when youtube tv went you might like harley quinn and i just went i can't watch harley quinn it's on dc it's on sci-fi video on demand this year how did you know i was trapped in my house um so yeah harley quinn was the best surprise this year and then we got like actual new episodes this year um so harley quinn was my best surprise what was your best surprise yeah that's the one that came out of nowhere for me i mean also mm-hmm. hentified also there there's some other ones but like that was the one that because most of this first the first season and the second season were all 2020 um and that was the one that like not only did it live up to the little murmurings that we were hearing of hype mm-hmm. but then just exploded past our expectations and then came back for a second season that was just as strong if not stronger um yeah. so yeah that was that was the best surprise of the year for me what about uh disappointment so i have two for this and they're kind of on different ends of things i think one is almost a it fits better and it should have worked and it is and it should have worked uh but the other one was a show that i really wanted to like more but just kind of never reached where it wanted to be and that was tales from the loop which mm-hmm. i like more even more than you did which isn't a that's huge not saying much. clear <laughs> yeah. um but it was still kind of a disappointment given like the entire tenor of the show um but combined with it should have worked um is and i'm surprised we haven't mentioned this yet is picard yeah. uh, Again, um, so promisingly and then ooh. yeah yeah, and then just collapse like a really bad souffle. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so I, yeah, I was very disappointed by Picard. Um, I also should have worked. Um, but yeah, I was very disappointed by Picard. Uh, what was your uh, worst disappointment this year? It was just, I, I mean, it's, it's more on me than on the show, but Lovecraft Country, I was really hoping it was going to be like, like the, the big splashy HBO, like prestige drama of the year along mm-hmm. as well as being having these pulpy elements and these the genre elements and it delivered on some of that, but not as much as I was hoping for. So sure. the, the actual show ended up being very good, but it just, that's more about my expectation yeah. management. I think, um, what, uh, what was your, huh? of shame. so this one was actually real, real easy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of other ones, um, including like, the katsu curry thing on bake off um yeah. the entire japanese episode on bake off is a major spotlight of shame but i really don't feel like there was anything worse for me than lovecraft country's treatment of yahima yeah um which was a big breaking point um and you and i have already discussed this so i'm not going to belabor it but that whole thing was a mess a disaster it should never have passed um and the fact that it did is worrisome um, so that was my spotlight of shame was the show's introduction and then murder of Yahima for no reason whatsoever. No um, reason at all. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What was your spotlight of shame? Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I had. And then the okay. other, yeah. the other thing I have is that, um, like <laughs> shows going back to film that don't need to film. Mm-hmm. We're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a, like that's not a specific i don't have i'm not pointing to any one specific show but like whether it's watching the news and they have a a reporter standing inside a busy grocery store with no mask on uh people seem to still be shopping despite this with their entire families despite the stay-at-home order i'm like you are like right next to someone picking over the produce why you don't need to be inside the store for this you don't need to have no mask on what why are you why are you doing this? Also, the like, ugh. if you can film your show at home and not endis- endanger anyone's health, but you aren't, I don't understand. So Saturday that, Night Live. Hi. Hello. Hi, Why Saturday Night Live. Sh- yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so next we have Breakthrough Performance. Uh, what, yeah. who, was the, the, who was the person that you became aware of this year? So I actually cheated with my breakthrough performances. And I picked two for this um, because they both, I think kind of served as reintroductions. So first is Kaylee Cuoco, who you and I have discussed quite a bit over in streaming in place along with Allison, but a big, hi, I'm Kaylee Cuoco. I can um, act. On top of that. <laughs> yeah. On top of that, between flight attendant and Harley Quinn, it was a big, hi, I'm more than just the, I'm more than just Penny from um, Big Bang Theory. Um, but then the other one, and I justify this by saying that not a lot of people watch Chewing Gum, but hi, hello, here's Michaela Cole, everyone. Yeah. Isn't this nice? We can have nice things. <laughs> um, so I think, but both of those may have been from established performers at this point, um, especially Quoco, who's a known quantity at this point. But it was, hey, here I am for real now kind of deal. It was both of these were like reintroductions for me. So those were my breakthrough performances this year. What about you? Yeah, I think those are excellent choices. And I like, again, we're more familiar with them, but I think a lot of people were not, or I mean, like 
a lot. I mean, a lot of people. Do a not. lot of people are familiar with Kaylee Cuoco. Well, or they think they are because yeah. and, and a lot of people do not take or they just take for granted the work that goes into like a sitcom, especially a network mm-hmm. sitcom, and they assume that there isn't a massive skill set that goes with being able to do that work and do it in like way required for 11 years for 11 years like it yeah so yeah and, and like also there's this assumption that comedy is easy and, and it's not it's gut-wrenching harder. drama is is harder and so like look i can cry on command too if you want me to and also i can be really funny like i'm really charming i can do a, i can do it all right so i think those are excellent choices the thing that uh that i went to was actually more breakthrough series for myself which okay. was uh just, I mean, the the real one is is like we've already said it was the surprise, which was um, Harley Quinn. But all of these reality shows, <laughs> so the Repair Shop and the Great British Sewing Bee, which I'm really enjoying. I'm on season six, and and uh, like just all the like the Great Pottery Throwdown, and there's been a lot of reality TV that uh, has been either competition or just more like documentary that I have connected with this season this year I should say in TV and I would not have and I would not have anticipated at the start of the year that mm-hmm. I would be remembering those shows so fondly at the end of the year and like struggling to to connect to like pick between I've got legendary and we've got we're here and we've got uh like like oh let's not forget Zumbo's Great Just Desserts season two was this year which I greatly enjoyed like like there's a whole grab bag of them and those were some of the most fun I had with TV this year. So that's what I put for that. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. What, what gets your, it should have worked. Picard really should have worked. Like yeah. there was, there was no, it like, it had a very good cast. Um, it started with a good pilot. Started great. Um, but I think there were enough shakeups behind the scenes that everything just kind of got away from everyone. And so by the end, you're just like, wait, what the f- is happening? None of this makes any sense. Um, but you have this really great cast and none of it works. Um, so yeah, no, the Picard should have worked and it did, did not. Uh, what about yeah. you? Uh, I wanted Giri Haji to work much better sure. for me. That's totally fair. Did. I acknowledge that it is not a, it's a weird show. <laughs> it works better, way, way better than Picard does. Yeah. But for me, like, it's like, oh, if you just like reconfigure, like, Three things. Keep the dance mm-hmm. sequence. Um, yeah. I'm much more on board. Do more dance sequences. Yeah. With, with, with that show. Um, what about your It Shouldn't Have Worked? But it did. Um, yeah. So the great almost made this, but like the favorite was kind of like proof proof of concept that we can turn this kind of thing into a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harley Quinn probably shouldn't have worked. <laughs> Um, but it does and it works really, really well. Um, so that, that for me was my, it shouldn't have worked. Uh, what about you? What shouldn't have worked for you? Um, well, the, uh, I, I, I shouldn't, I didn't watch that much of it, but mm-hmm. I shouldn't have watched any episodes of Ultimate Tag. And I watched <laughs> several episodes of Ultimate Tag. Um, I watched all of Ultimate Tag. Right? <laughs> Like how? And some of that, some of that's just 2020, right? Yeah. But, a lot of that is just 2020. And it was the summer too. And it was the summer and there wasn't a lot on, like, I'm not going to say it shouldn't have worked Jelly's Marble Runs. Of course, Jelly Marble's Runs works. It's amazing. Like that, you know, like there are other shows that like people might think of for this that I'm like, eh, I'm not surprised. I, I'm, I'm not surprised that like, I don't know, uh, what the constitution means to me works. Cause mm-hmm. that is, uh, that's something that's been lovingly, carefully crafted, 
for quite a long time and then yes. filmed, right? So, like, that's not surprising to me that that works. The fact that I sat down, almost appointment TV style, to watch Ultimate Tag, well done. You need better announcers, but well done. It was appointment TV in this household as well. Yeah. Um. What's your It's Not Me, It's You award going to? You can, this can be a trope. It can be a show. It can be something else. Yeah. So for shows, I've got the Val and Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just like finished. But I think the big thing this year, in part because we just had more time to watch them, because there was less to watch, um, is the HBO documentary series, a.k.a. Why the F*** Isn't This a Movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I used to give them leeway with like, oh, it must have enough to merit this because it's HBO and they're no, no longer. No, no longer. That, that is not a thing that gets by anymore because the vow was too long. McMillions was way too long. Um, and unnecessarily convoluted as well. In McMillions case, the, the FBI agents personality aside, because mm-hmm. spot on choice there, Kate. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the HBO documentary series, I am over it. I am done. It is a heavy critical eye and a raised eyebrow to any future HBO documentary series going forward of, you need to justify being eight hours long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't, we're done. We're done. We're moving right on. What about your Life Fest Award for like individual performance or contribution to a show that is single-handedly keeping that show afloat? God bless Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's good. That's a good choice. Um, this is a similar thing, but like Doctor Who, you gotta do better by your cast. You oh, have such yeah. a good cast. And they mm. just aren't like and great choice. Good ideas, but just like the execute like the writing needs to be better. Give Jodie Whittaker mm-hmm. more to do. Give all mm-hmm. of them more to do. We'll see what happens with the New Year special. Um, and then our last award here is the show that we most want to see make the leap, like to its yeah. next level, like like what we do in the Shadow Style, where they like they find their peak form. Um, yeah. What What's your show that you want to see make that next leap up? I really want Never Have I Ever to make a big leap in its second season. That's a great pick. I think it's a good show right now. I think it could be a great show next season. Um, and that's, that, that is my choice for this. I'm really hoping that they do that, that they make that leap for their season two, because I think once they recalibrate a couple of things, because they took some narrative shortcuts towards the end of that first season that were not okay. I think that they can be a really beautiful teen coming of age story. Um, not that it isn't already, but it can be a lot better than what it is. And I think it, I think it will be. I'm like putting money down that it will be. Um, so that's my choice for uh, the show that I want to make a leap this year. Um, my choice. Okay. There's one that is, this is not the right category for it, but I wasn't sure where else to put it. So it's just, let's say show I'm crossing my fingers for. Okay. I like that. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if season two, a Batwoman actually worked? Oh, Kate. That Wouldn't is... that be awesome if that, like, if somehow they they pull off this change of character and the character, the new Batwoman, isn't terrible like the description sounds and they, they already cast a, a good actor in the role. It's and true. I'm trying to not notice the terrible decision to not have her wear the eye grease paint that makes her costume look stupid. Um, but maybe that would, that would be nice. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't not think it's going to happen, happen either, but hopefully, yeah. knock on wood. Yeah. And then the other one I have is, um, again, it's not like it needs to change, but 
I'm I am optimistic that I like I'm hopeful that I'm really gonna love this next season of Miracle Workers. Um, okay. When they like re shake things up, like I liked this last season. Mm-hmm. I liked the first season. I want to love Miracle Workers the way that okay. you do. So maybe maybe this next change of venue is the time. I, I love silly medieval comedy type stuff though. So, so do I. But, That's the thing. It's like, yeah. why don't I like this more? I don't know. But I also like silly Western comedy. So whereas I do not. So I'm actually like a little trepidatious about this. But okay. I don't like westerns in general. So I'm actually kind of like, I'm going in with a lot of goodwill that I'm very worried about. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that wraps up all of our awards and our listening and our smorgasbordy for 2020. Listeners, reach out with your picks for some of these categories or uh, the categories we should have included, but we didn't. Um, And let us know what you thought of the year in TV. And next week, we're going to be back to our regular format. Back to, you know, catching up with all these shows that have been airing over the past two weeks and saying Really? We're just going to talk about the Mandalorian finale for like an hour, everyone. (laughs) Not an hour, probably, because I have to edit it, but like not not an hour. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but thank you, Noel, as ever, for a, a wonderful thank year you, of podcasting. Kate. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. Mm-hmm.